The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. You see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. We have Tom apparently come very close to filling one of the available Power 5 jobs as multiple reports indicate that Nebraska is zeroing in on Matt Rule, the former Carolina Panthers and former Temple and Baylor head coach, and they are trying to work out a deal, and that is expected to come to a close in the coming days. So we always have these debates of like, okay, so how close is this to being done? And I, I must say that as we started to initiate the conversation about you know, addressing this as something that we believe is going to happen, I think that because Matt Rule was such an obvious potential candidate from the moment that he was available and dismissed by the Carolina Panthers for this job in particular, I, I, I feel confident that it would be a colossal, how about this? I think it would be a colossal uh, breakdown if things did not get to the finish line. I believe Matt Rule will be the head coach at Nebraska, right? Uh, yeah, I, 
I think, and no inside info here, but I think what's happening is that Nebraska and Matt Rule have reached an agreement. They're ready to do it. They've just got to figure out what his contract situation is with the Carolina Panthers mm. and how that compensation is going to work. So the lawyers are probably working through that. And then once they figure that out, I think it would become official. Because if you think about how this entire coaching search has gone, like Nebraska athletic director Trev Alberts has done a very good job of keeping things tight and close to the vest. There have been rumors about stuff going on. You're like, oh, I, this coach was spotted in town looking for houses, that, that typical kind of message board stuff. But when it comes to like traditional reporters who are usually the people with the information, you never really got anything solid other than, well, we're hearing this name. We're hearing this name. So I, I don't think this gets out by accident. I think that the agreement between Nebraska and Rule is done. It's just other stuff they have to figure out. And I would also guess part of it is, you know, Nebraska's playing the moment right now as right, we against Iowa. So, yeah, and they're winning. And I feel like they probably did not want to announce it before the game started. So I, I think that after the game starts will probably help speed up the process a little bit as well, too. Yeah, didn't the news break like right after kickoff? Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> right about kickoff. Yeah, maybe a couple minutes before. Yeah, is it that was um you, he, the story's already been uh, dispersed to all the ones that need to know. And then it's like, tell me when to go. And it's like, and we've got kickoff fire. Okay. So um, the two sides to this number one for Nebraska, I, I kind of think, I mean, this is a good hire, right? I think so. I mean, yeah. we, we, we talked about it in October when, when the job first came open, we, we, we talked about Matt rule being an obvious candidate for the job that made a lot of sense. And it's somewhat logical that this is where we've come to, because I mean, for me again, you never know if a hire is going to work out. A hire can make all the absolute sense in the world because when Nebraska hired Scott Frost, it made all the sense in the world for Nebraska to hire Scott Frost, a former Nebraska quarterback who had gone 13-0 and at UCF and won a claimed national title to hire him to kind of restore Nebraska to where they wanted to go. And now we're here talking about Matt Rule going to Nebraska. But I think Rule is a good hire for Nebraska simply because since the Pelini era came to an end, Mike Riley comes in. I just don't think Mike Riley was the right guy for the job. I think that it was just, it was a strange hire at, at the time. It clearly didn't work. The team just got worse every single season Riley was there. Scott Frost comes in. And I think that Nebraska's problem, or what went against it, it wasn't really its problem, was he was looking for the quick fix. Like Scott Frost is going to come in and they're going to be good again. And I think that what we've seen is as Nebraska has transitioned from life in the Big 12 to the Big 10, it's it's kind of lost its way. It's kind of searching for its identity. It doesn't know what it is or what it's trying to be. Like it's still trying to play like the team that was in the big 12, but maybe it can't play like that because of the way you're able to recruit in the big 12 when you're playing in Texas constantly and the teams you're facing compared to what your recruiting footprint is going to be in the big 10 and the kinds of teams you're facing. So I think rule makes sense because as I said in October, they need somebody who knows how to come in and build a program. And Matt Rule went to Temple and he built a program. He took over a Baylor program that had had success under Art Browse, but was currently on fire when he took over the job because of penalties against it from the rape scandal at Baylor that Art Browse left behind that led to him losing the job. And he built a program to a team that was very competitive before he left for Carolina and that Dave Aranda has helped keep that level of competitive going. So 
for a Nebraska team that I think needs to figure out what the hell it's trying to be in the future in the Big Ten, I think this hire makes all the sense in the world. Will it work? I don't know. I think it's a great fit for Matt Rule, and I understand that we are mostly addressing uh, Nebraska fans, and I don't know anyone who would identify themselves as first and foremost a Matt Rule fan, except for the Rule family and maybe other friends of Matthew Rule. But when you are trying to find your feet in college football again, a place where clearly your message is going to be more resonating, where your program building is going to work out better, then you've got a place in Nebraska where you can focus on the one thing that I always give Matt Rule a lot of credit for, and that is coaching ball and developing players. Like when he went to Baylor, he did a great job of evaluation. He did a great job of player development. And, and this is something that our colleague Bud Elliott has mentioned a lot, there is the you know resources around Nebraska that if you want to just turn over the NIL and the whole like that side of the recruiting operation to somebody else, there are people that are there ready to help you be build up that war chest. The effort that it takes to collect money and pass the hat around at a place like Nebraska from the head coach's perspective, is not going to be the same as it is at some other jobs, which means that if that is off his shoulders, if he doesn't have to worry about going around and fundraising, because I, I'm going to tell you, as, as poorly as things went uh, for the Carolina Panthers, I could say that just reading people, I don't know if Matt Rule's the best fundraiser. I don't know if he's going to be the best at like walking around, you know, kissing babies and playing the circuit. But if that's already taken care of by the passion that exists for Nebraska football within that community, and he can just focus on coaching ball, it's a great fit for Matt Rule among you know all the open jobs. It's also a Big Ten job. Hello, cha-ching, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it is still an incredibly challenging job as we look at Nebraska within the Big Ten pecking order as something that is decidedly, what, a middling, middling program? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not the first year of the Big Ten right now, and it's Probably it's not the second tier, although it would like to be second tier at a minimum and hopefully one day getting back to the first tier. So, yeah, it's it is. I, I think middling's the right word. <laughs> so one of the interesting things that did happen in the reporting was um, not rampant, but continuing suggestions that the current interim coach, Mickey Joseph, who was in his first year on staff, who is well known as a, a recruiter and has been a, a longtime assistant coach in college football, that he was in the mix for the job. Do you think that that's also another part of this, that retaining Mickey Joseph might be part of the deal with Matt Rule? I I don't think Mickey Joseph's going to stay. I think that Mickey Joseph, given what he's been able to do on the recruiting trail and as a coach in his career, is probably going to be in demand. Like there's mm. going to be a lot of staffs that wouldn't mind. So maybe he stays in Nebraska, but they're going to have to get involved in a bidding war. But one reason to think that he could stay at Nebraska is because one thing, you, you know, when Matt Rule was at Baylor, another thing that he did was he was a coach from the Northeast. He'd coached at Temple. He's a Penn State guy. Didn't really have a ton of Texas experience. So he hires like a staff that has plenty of experience, including Joey McGuire. Current Texas Tech head coach. With a plenty of connections around the Texas high school circuit who helped him find kind of the guys that were slipping through the cracks of the Texases and the A&Ms and maybe, you know, the Oklahomas and some of the SEC schools that were coming in there that fit what they were looking for and helped develop them into the players that they became to help Baylor win games. So 
we know from doing that, he's not somebody who's going to, when he goes to a job like this in Nebraska, where maybe he doesn't have a ton of connections and a ton of resources or, you know, prior already established, he's not afraid to hire people that maybe he's not familiar with, but he knows can be useful to him and help him. He's So maybe he looks at Mickey Joseph as somebody like, hey, I could really use a guy like that to stay here. Let's keep him if he's interested in staying or whoever it is to help maybe, you know, reestablish contacts in Texas for recruiting for Nebraska. Maybe he'll be able to use some of that. Maybe he'll find somebody who's able to, you know, more successful in the Big Ten West. He's not shy about understanding his weaknesses and his strengths and hiring other people to help make up for his weaknesses. Yeah, Mickey Joseph, former Nebraska quarterback who uh, would you know, we talk about being able to uh, walk around the community and pass the hat around to be able to activate the people that need to be activated. That would probably be a big key connector for that. When you were thinking about this Nebraska job, was where was rule on your board in terms of um, it, where you think that Nebraska should go? My 1A for Nebraska was Lance Leipold, mm-hmm. if they could have lured him from Kansas. Leipold just signed the extension at Kansas. Maybe like Wisconsin was make, considering making a run at him. That didn't work out. I don't know how Nebraska, again, because Trev Alberts, kudos to him. <laughs> Nobody knows anything about what was going on in this coaching search besides him and a few people. Maybe they made a run at Leipold. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. He was my top choice because he is kind of what I was saying that Matt Rule is a program builder, a guy who has taken programs and, you know, Buffalo was nothing. Kansas was Kansas. And look what he's been able to do there. Now, obviously, Nebraska's got so many more resources than either Buffalo or Kansas had. So I figured if he could do it there, he'd probably do pretty well in Nebraska, too. But I think rule, like if you look at the group of candidates that were made sense, he had to be in your first year. If he wasn't 1A, he was probably my 1B or 1C at lowest. There is a... Uh... What, what's the ceiling for Matt Rule at Nebraska? Because well, I, I think it's got to be high. Because I was there's there's some we we love everybody that's in the chat joining us right now. Please always you know hit that subscribe, smash that like. Um, but this is not a Scott Frostian type situation. Scott Frost had so little head coaching experience, and that was one thing that we've constantly said when we go back and we reevaluate the Scott Frost era, like the ability to know what you need to run a football program at the highest levels, like that is why you go get somebody like Matt Rule. Heck, that's why you go get somebody like Matt Rule over an assistant who might be a hot name is because if you want to go the other direction, um, and we've talked about this too, if if you're uh, on an, you just fired an offensive coach, you want to get a defensive guy. If you just fired a defensive coach, you go get an offensive guy. If you just fired a coach who reportedly was letting a lot of the details slip through the cracks, who maybe that was because of his very, very short head coaching record prior to his arrival, then maybe you go get somebody with a much longer coaching track record, somebody who has done it at multiple stops. And I I have to look at Matt Rule and separate the Carolina Panthers experience from what he has done in college, which again, is not like it's not like he's made college football playoffs. It's not mm-hmm. like he won national championships but he ran solid programs and he did the thing that you've talked about a lot, which is the program building, which to me is the attention to details that they might not have been getting under Scott Frost. You know, he, he's not won national titles, but he took a temple program that it was nothing. The temple program that was transient moving from independent to the Mac and then to the American. And within three years there, they were winning their division. And then in his fourth season, 
they won the conference back-to-back 10-win seasons. Goes to the Baylor program that's in the midst of everything that was going on after Art Bryles. Only goes 1-11 his first season, but by year three, he's reaching the conference championship game when then he leaves to take the, North, or the Carolina job. So as far as what the ceiling is at Nebraska under Matt Rule, it's hard to say because I don't know what the Big Ten is going to be. Like, mm. I'm assuming they're going to be getting rid of divisions once USC and UCLA come in. So now you look at that conference. I don't think UCLA is on the same level as USC. I think that that the Bruins are probably going to be going into that second and third tier. We'll see how they adjust. But I think USC kind of you have to put them in that Ohio State, Michigan tier, and then with Penn State just slightly out there and able to compete there. So, like at the start, if you're being realistic. If you're Nebraska and you're, if you're a bunch of other programs in the conference, you're fighting to be the fifth best. And if you're playing a nine games conference schedule, no divisions, and it's going to be the top two teams getting to the Big Ten championship, it's going to be a lot more difficult to crack that game than it would be if Nebraska was sticking in the Big Ten West. So I don't know. I think the ceiling is probably just being a respectable program again, because let's be real, like Nebraska. I, maybe we can't rule out that they'll get back to being a national title contender because they have the resources, they have the desire. And mm-hmm. those are important things. Like a lot of programs, we talk about it, a lot of programs really don't have that. Like the fans might, but the programs and the schools themselves don't. Nebraska does. Whether they can f- take advantage of it, I don't know. But it's going to be hard. Because you've got to get the program out of where it is now, which is just not even getting to bowl games. So it's going to take time. You know, you have to be patient. You have to just settle for a couple seven-win seasons, eight-win seasons. Maybe, maybe you show up, you hit a couple grand slams in the transfer portal, and it speeds things up really quick. And all of a sudden, you're competing for a spot in the Big Ten Championship. And maybe you're competing for playoff bursts in the future once we get to the expanded playoffs. So... I think right now I would say the ceiling for Nebraska is competing for one of those at-large berths. Competing for an at-large berth and realizing that you might only get them every, like, so every few years. Yeah. Yeah. When you cycle up, the Mm -hmm. big 10 is going to be putting three, maybe four, but in a great year, (laughs) a great year, but probably like three feels right. From the for the Big Ten in the new expanded playoff, one of course being the conference champion, and then two of the six at-large bids going to the Big Ten. So, how often can Nebraska climb up to being one of the top three teams in the Big Ten? Certainly going to be a challenge, but not one that I think that Nebraska is not capable of. You mentioned the expansion. I raise as the competition gets tougher. Nebraska has traditionally tried to utilize California for recruiting. Mm -hmm. I think USC and UCLA being in the Big Ten is a good thing for a Nebraska program that has tried to be in California. Now you've got that as a stop. Now you've got that as another advantage when it comes to recruiting that area. Getting somebody to leave Southern California and go to Lincoln, Nebraska is a tough sell, but at least you get to say, we get to come, your parents can come see us like once every two years, like twice while you're here, hopefully, depending on how they do schedules will be in Southern California. Also, it's a much easier sell now in an NIL world. Five years ago, I tried to get a kid from Southern California to go to Lincoln. Okay, we're giving you a scholarship. Well, so are five other schools in California. Now it's like, okay, well, if Nebraska's serious about the NIL game with the resources that it has, 
yeah, but we can pay more than all those schools. It's like, oh, I can go live in Lincoln for a few years for that kind of deal. Coming up on the other side, we've got one of the vacant Power 5 jobs filled. What do we think are the next moves in the coaching carousel? We'll get into that and more next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, of course, uh, as we are joining you live uh, on Friday, the uh, the Egg Bowl is just delivered again, as it always does. Um, but after we got the uh, just a, the semantic salad from Lane Kiffin in the postgame mm-hmm. press conference, he expects to be back. And there's no intent or at this time, you know, all, all the words that are said. So, um, this hire does not create any dominoes. And also, like, you you want to know uh, the great... For listeners who've been with us a long time can probably know this, but when names that might make sense for the job, when, when those contract extensions all start getting announced, probably means they're zeroing in on the candidate. So when Lance Leipold gets a new contract extension announced, when Mark Stoops gets a new contract extension announced, it's like, huh, interesting. Okay, well... I guess we are getting closer to announcing Nebraska, but that's beside the point. This is not one that creates any dominoes because Matt Rule, out of work. He comes, he fills the job. There's no job to fill. However, do you think that Lane Kiffin will be the next big piece to move on the coaching carousel? Do I think he'll be the next big piece to move? I will say he'll be the next big piece to make the decision. Right. He sounds like he's legitimately enjoying the bidding war. Yeah, um... So that's the thing, like, he didn't say anything definitively when he just said, I expect to be here. But, like, saying I expect to be here is a lot more than most coaches say in that situation. Like, a lot of times they just either refuse to answer the question or they'll be like, I am the coach of Ole Miss right now, and I'm only worried about Ole Miss and blah, blah, blah. Him saying I expect to be here, I don't know. Maybe that means he's going to be there. I, I, I still think I still think it's more likely he ends up at Auburn than not. But I will say... I'm a lot less sure of it today after his comments after the game than I was yesterday. And I'm also a lot less sure of it just because, I mean, how hot of a name is Lane Kiffin right now? He's lost three straight, like an Ole Miss team that was in the top 10. And we were talking about competing for an SEC titles now eight and four. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't shock me 
if John Cohen just pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Hugh Freeze would not be a rabbit out of the hat. No, Hugh, no. Hugh Freeze would be the lo- the logical second option. Correct. I yeah. I think Kiffin and Hugh are probably the two most obvious candidates for the gig. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's neither one. Mm, like a, a a Brian Kelly to LSU situation, possibly. Yeah. Like a coach leaves a good job to go take another good job, and all of us are like, oh, mm-hmm. oh goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness, what does that mean? That would be that would then start the dominoes and the coaching carousel. But maybe a coach who's done a pretty good job where he is, but just feels like he's butting his head up against the ceiling, he can't break through. That maybe he'd be able to at Auburn. Kind of like what Brian Kelly felt at Notre Dame when he was getting the playoff, but he's kind of realizing it's going to be really hard for him to win a national title with the way he has to recruit compared to the way he could recruit at LSU. Whereas now you can lose two games and still be considered a playoff team. Where is uh, the so the other Power Five jobs that are open right now? Arizona State, Colorado, Georgia Tech, and Auburn. Is that it? Is mm-hmm. that the full list? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Where else? Where where? What else are you keeping your eyes on right now? Uh I think Colorado could pop soon. I think we could probably. I would. I would think that we would hear something about that maybe, you know, early next week. Finally, I don't know. I it's, I feel like that one's been kind of coming to a conclusion and some stuff's happened to kind of throw some wrenches in there. Uh, other than that, Arizona state, I have, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, 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 and y'all the keep tired- making this joke on the podcast. Like they haven't even started their search. And then thank goodness. None of us are, well, you, I, I don't traffic in being best friends with athletic directors, but like, I mean, thank goodness none of us are in that business because we're just out here like trashing Ray Anderson. Like he's just he's he's treating it like chores, you know, he's treating it like dishes. Here's the thing. Like, I, it's not that I don't think Arizona State has started its search. It's I think Arizona State might have two separate searches going. Like what? <laughs> Like maybe one person's doing their own search and somebody else is doing the search and we're not sure which one's really in charge of the search. Or maybe we are sure, but maybe there's one person who's not entirely sure of themselves who's conducting a search. I'll just leave it at that. That's very Auburn, honestly. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Based on the um, a, a lot of questions and comments in the chat from honestly the the moment that we started here. And again, thank you to all of you Thanks to all of you who are joining us live here to talk uh, Matt Rule close to a deal to become the new Nebraska head coach. Deion Sanders, as the carousel continues to spin, what are the chances that you think he ends up landing at one of these jobs? At a power five job? Not high. I, I know there's been a lot of smoke about him in the Colorado job. That I It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know... I feel like that's coming from one side of the store or from one side of the job. And it's not the one in Boulder. (laughs) I I feel like that's Dion kind of putting out that Dion is, you know, the number one candidate for the Colorado job, but maybe, maybe it is. I just, it doesn't make sense as far as a fit because I feel like if you're Dion, Colorado is not exactly the kind of recruiting Haven that has like the NIL set up like academic wise they've been kind of slow on the transfers they're not really up to snuff there and i feel like if you take that job that is something that you've got to really put a lot into to start building it up it is not a, a, a like a like buying a house and flipping it just quick fixing it up real quick and moving it on 
I think Dion makes more sense. If he wants to move up to the FBS, I think Dion's more likely to start at a group of five gig than he is to go straight to a power five gig or like a lower level power five spot, which I guess Colorado qualifies as, but I just, that doesn't seem like a logical fit to me for Dion Sanders. I think USF makes a lot more sense. I think North Texas, if that came open, makes a whole hell of a lot of sense for Dion as long as they can get past like the prime sports academy stuff from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I don't know if that's going to be a hindrance. I've heard it's been a hindrance for his candidacy at some jobs in the Power Five already. So I don't know. There's a lot of question marks about that that I don't have answers for. Yeah, it's like if you were to take a, a map, you would be like, all right, Texas, yes, we've got a connection. All right, uh, Mississippi, yes, that's where he is right now. Georgia, yes, uh, Florida, that's where he's from and played at Florida State. And you've got this entire portion of the country over here, and then Colorado is over here. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it. We, we live in a world where it's not all about geography, but it seems like there's a lot more natural fits out there for, uh, for Deion Sanders than, uh, than if, Colorado. If Lane left for Auburn... Can you imagine Dion at Ole Miss? Yes. Huh. I never really thought of that until you just mentioned how he's currently in Mississippi. And then I thought, hey, there's a Mississippi school that might be coming open. That yeah. would be that would be pretty epic. You want to hear uh ooh. Oh, this uh, this mm, okay. We should probably wait for an actual Lane Kiffin leaving podcast for this. <laughs> but if if Lane Kiffin left. What would you think about Luke Fickle to Ole Miss? Oh, he's never taken that job. Okay. I no, I don't. I do not see Luke Fickle reportedly, reportedly turning down some of the Big Ten jobs he's turned down to take Ole Miss. I just do not think that who Luke Fickle views himself as and what he views his program as aligns. <laughs> with what they'd be doing at Ole Miss. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> By the way, Matt Rule is off to a fantastic start because Nebraska just took a 24 to nothing lead on Iowa. Jeez. I'll tell you what, Mickey Joseph's making a great argument to stay on as Matt Rule's offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think Mississippi State might come open? No, I think winning that game was huge for Leach. Yeah. First Egg Bowl win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think Leach would have been fired had they lost the game, but I just think that it certainly, if if Mississippi State had lost last night, I feel like the clock would have started on my Leach and start. Good call. All right. We will be back with you Saturday night, instant reaction show, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.